It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. We're nearly three weeks into this um, just scary and fiery train derailment in East Palestine, Ohio. And today we're expecting a preliminary report that's going to be released. Um, I, I think if it hasn't been released any moment now, we're going to get live with News Nation on the latest to figure out if we know what caused that derailment. Yeah, I think we want to know uh What was going on with the train company? They did this odd thing. Were they really handing out $1,000 inconvenience checks? I heard that. Like you could could put in. Yeah. Like, are they trying to settle this fiasco with with a $1,000 payoff? I mean, I I think they're pretty optimistic. Uh, People are dealing with rashes, nosebleeds, uh, asthmatic-type symptoms, um, but let's let's go back to this thousand dollar check. The company says, uh, if you receive the thousand dollar check, you're not going to be giving up any future rights when it comes to litigation. They're just saying that they're acting in good faith. I also, I think I saw a picture of public officials inside some of the homes there because when this train derailed, and we're going to get the details from someone who's been on the scene um, there covering this story, there was some like toxic stuff. Uh, that was released. And the town, remember the town was getting evacuated. And and we haven't covered this on this show. And so we're learning a lot about this information um, as we speak as well. Well, listen, uh, Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg, <laughs> he's, he's just showing up right now. Mm. So we're late to the story, but you know who's been on this story all along? Uh, News Nation. Investigative correspondent Rich McHugh joins us right now. Uh, has been on the scene in Ohio, uh, I think, for what better part of the last week or so. Uh, Rich, how, how are things going now? Things are. Uh, things, first of all, thanks for having me, guys. Um, I'm, I'm. I've been there about a week, a little over a week, <clears throat> and I'm on my way back to see my family for a bit. But uh, things have been bad there. Uh, I'll be honest. Like the for when I first showed up. I was interviewing families who had, like, they just didn't know what to do. They were, uh, they had, their houses hadn't been tested. They were getting rashes. They were upset. There wasn't a lot of communication. That seemed to change a little bit uh, over the weekend and then once Trump announced that he was coming. And so there has been more kind of aid directed to them. But it's, it's kind of been just this mess uh, that, you know, if you've covered other disasters before, like, there's usually centralized um, locations where – People are, are focusing the relief and that. That just wasn't happening here. <clears throat> it seemed like all the efforts were directed at, you know, obviously cleaning where the, the trains, like, crashed and, and they, they kind of released all the chemicals into the air. But then there were all these homes around, and they weren't being cleaned. They weren't being – the residents weren't being told what to do, and it created this problem. And, you know, we were getting asked by the residents, like, where do we go? It's like I've never covered something like this where there's just a complete disconnect between wow. 
the officials there and, and, the, and the residents. And I just looked up the population. And by the way, if you're just joining us, uh, and you're listening to this conversation, this is Rich McHugh. He's with News Nation. He has been extensively covering that train derailment that caused that town in, in Ohio to be evacuated. The population there is like, according to the 2021 numbers I'm looking at, Rich, less than 5,000 people who live there. This train derails, and I I remember seeing pictures of just, like, smoke in the air. And then I see, like, people throwing rocks inside, it looks like, um, at a a creek or a river. And then all of this looks like oil kind of bubbling up or chemicals. But ultimately, what is it that was released from that train derailment that was so toxic and scary? So this train derailed on February 3rd, and it was carrying all these toxic chemicals. Uh, they didn't announce that to the public, what it was carrying for a couple of days. And then they had a controlled release, quote, controlled release, on uh, whatever it was, three days later, and released these chemicals into the air. And the problem is, and I've talked to some, some um, scientists on the ground, independent scientists, they say, like, when you release these chemicals into the air, they combine and they form, sometimes they form, other compounds that are far more dangerous than the original chemicals, which are dangerous in their own right. And so that's what they're testing for right now. These independent testers, they're testing the water and the ground to see like what has trickled down into the ground and to the water. And so I think that's what you're seeing. Like I tested the water myself. I heard that people were doing this down in like in the Creek, like dragging the stick or throwing a rocket and seeing like the, sh- the sheen come up in like a rainbow. Yeah. And sure enough, it happens. And you see, like, firsthand, like, th- these creeks and these rivers are, they're just loaded with this stuff. And so if that's in the... Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear-gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do? in the face of an international disaster decades in the making. That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Rivers, like it's everywhere. Can you can you dive into this aspect? It's very, been very strange. We haven't seen President Biden show up. Pete Buttigieg is showing up kind of late to the party, but uh, former President Trump, uh, shows up and has a rally. I mean, can you can you walk us through some of the political fallout here? Well, sure. I mean, I, I was sitting in a diner this morning having breakfast, and the 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 Buddha judge had just showed up, and I overheard the the people next to me saying, "Like, this guy should have been here on day one. Like, it's three weeks later. This is embarrassing. They didn't even care that he was here. People were grateful that Trump was in town and had come to town." Some had said, like, all right, we're done with the circus atmosphere. But, like, whatever you think of Trump, he, he did get everybody to all of a sudden come here uh, because he was the first one. And then all of a sudden they're like, okay, the head of the EPA is coming. And Buttigieg is coming now all of a sudden. Um, so this town is ready for, like, the, the political parade to be over. 
but they they need the help and so they're they're kind of welcoming it for the near term but they're just they see it for what it is there's just a lot of it's a dog and pony show where these politicians are going in setting things up and then doing photo shoots and, and then leaving and so the hard part comes now when everybody leaves and they're they're left to these these people are left to fend for themselves it's the heartbreaking story out of a small town in ohio 4,700 people or so live there, and Rich McHugh has been covering the train derailment that people fear has just poisoned the environment there uh, for the last few weeks. Uh, I I worry about long-term side effects uh, for the residents there, Rich, and I I also am puzzled by this $1,000 that I saw a story on that was offered, I think it was by the company, uh, what is that all about, and how will they know, um, you know, if they're at risk for, for diseases such as cancer down the road because of this? Well, th- those are precisely the questions. So the, initially, the company Norfolk Southern set up like a command in, in a church nearby, handing out like inconvenience che- <coughs> checks for like a thousand bucks to people, and um, and then they were saying if you're staying in hotels just because you evacuated, send us the receipts and we'll we'll reimburse you for them. I've talked to people who've been denied. You know, they've gone and asked for like, okay, gone back a second time and said, I've been staying in another hotel. And they've, they've been turned away saying like, all right, you're, you've capped. We, we've given you enough money. So there's a lot of distrust growing what? over this whole process. Wow. And there's distrust. Like people people don't know. I've talked to people who are who, who live near the crash and they're like, I can't go back into my house. Like I have three little kids. I can't raise them there. We're, we're gone. Like we're going to have to sell this house. So there's nothing being done on that front, unfortunately. Like these people ha- are having to hire independent uh, testing people. You know, they're forming class action lawsuits. It's a David and Goliath situation that is going to stretch on for years. People who are, um, you know, uh, people who've studied like 9/11 and like the, the the Ground Zero when they said, "Yeah, everybody's free to go back. It's safe." The head of the EPA said that way back when. It's it's kind of the same That's feeling right. now. They're like, "Okay, it's it's safe to go back. You can go back." And the townspeople aren't buying it. They're like, we don't believe this. This is PR. And so I think this is just going to drag on for years. And it's, I think it's going to be worse than I, – I could be totally wrong, but the scientist that I was testing or that was testing that I, I followed along with yesterday said, if they find dioxin here, which is a compound that is created when these chemicals kind of join forces in the air, that's bad. Like this, this place could be a ghost town. Wow. Fascinating reporting uh, from uh, News Nation investigative correspondent Rich McHugh. Thank you for joining us. He's been in Ohio at the scene, uh, walking through th- this area and uh, seeing firsthand as he throws pebbles into the mm-hmm. the, the lake beds or the stream beds. You you see the sheen bubble up. I mean, just incredible amount of. Toxins and heartbreaking for those families. Heartbreaking for those families. Just looking for some answers. And then finally, in swoops, Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg, finally. And he said, you know, town people at the cafe are looking around and being like, he should have been here on day one. Day one. Okay, new commitment uh, right here on the show. we got to continue to follow this story and the developments over the next several weeks, if not months, uh, because I, I just cannot imagine if that would ha- happen in one of our you know little towns uh, around Utah. And I feel, feel for those families. Another little thing I've learned in researching, do you know how many train derailments we will have 
in a, in a given year in, in, in the United States. In 2021, 1,100 train derailments. It's more frequent than I would have thought. I had no idea. Yeah. I mean, this, yeah. this one was really bad. It brings a yeah. lot of it, attention to it, but I had no idea. We were averaging about three a day. Uh, straight ahead. I'm really excited for this discussion. We have some really big news for Real Salt Lake fans. Stick around. We'll tell you what it is in about three minutes. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.